0: Welcome, welcome back to War Room. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so excited. There is not one minute of the day go by when I have not talk about the Lord and get excited. People say, why you get so excited? Because I got so much to be thankful for. I have so much to be grateful and thankful for. If the Lord have done so much for you, oh my goodness, you're not going to let the rocks take your place. You're not going to let the chicken take your place. You're not going to let the, the donkey take your place. You better take your place and start giving glory to God because he's so awesome. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. We'll worship you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. So I'm not going to take long, but I'm going to tell you this month, you are going to get blessed. I am telling you, I'm excited about it. You can tell already. Get your paper and your pen because you are going to be listening to Brother Cornelius Pratt. I preach one of his services at our local church. This is going to bless you. The title is The God Who Is More Than Enough. I don't know about you, but when I think more than enough, I think everything is met. I'm not going to jump ahead of his message. I want you to listen with your heart, listen with your spirit, man, and receive from the Lord. And just be blessed today, and we'll see you back here soon. Lift
1: those hands up and bless him. Hallelujah. God, we give you praise. You are Jehovah Jireh. You're more than enough. You're more than enough. Hallelujah. Say it after me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good. For his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good. For his mercy. Endures forever. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good. For his mercy endures forever. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Let's just pray before we get into the word. Father, we're so grateful for this time. We trust you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us and through us. We humble ourselves before your word and we thank you. That your word never returns to you void. And that we'll leave here different. We'll leave here transformed by the power of God and the revelation of the word of God. And we be quick to give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, One pastor asked me to uh, go ahead and take the service and share the word of God with you. It was, uh, in fact, one thing I've learned, um, you'd never say no. So I didn't have to think. When he asked, I said, yes, sir, be glad to help. But then right after that, your heart turned, God, what? God, what do you have for your people? And the only thing that came to me, and I mean, it was like a lightning bolt. Boom! His name is El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Amen? It was just that simple. And I mean, you know, you spend time praying about it. You're like, Lord, do I have this right? Do I need to go a different way? No, I was like flint on it. All right? Not looking to the left or looking to the right. And so I believe God with you this evening that your heart returned God was, And you're going to be just strengthening your heart that his name is El Shaddai. You say, what does that mean? Well, that's the Hebrew word for the Almighty God. God has so many names. He revealed himself to his people in so many ways in the Old Testament. And El Shaddai is just one of them. The almighty God, the one that is more than enough. Amen? If you have a need in your life, well, he's not just going to fill that need. He's going to blow the cover off. Glory to God. That's the kind of God we serve. He's more than enough. He's not just going to help you meet the bill. He's not just going to help you get the rent paid. He's going to buy you the house. Glory to God. Amen. That's the kind of God we serve. He's more than enough. And the Holy Spirit just led me to some accounts of how God demonstrated himself to his people in the word of God. Reminding them that he's more than enough. And charging and stirring us up to remember that he is more than enough. The first one is in Genesis chapter 17. It's the first time that Hebrew word El Shaddai is used. God is speaking here to Abram, who later on becomes renamed by God to Abraham, if you read that same chapter. It says in verse 1 that when Abram was 99 years old, and I'm reading from the uh, Amplified on this particular verse. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am the Almighty God. That's the word in the Hebrew that says El Shaddai. Walk and live habitually before me and be perfect. A lot of times, a lot of believers see that one tilt, our brain goes sideways. Perfect? No. No one's perfect in the natural. Jesus was perfect, and he called us to be perfect walking after him. Right? And so perfection in this term refers to maturity. Right? You keep growing. In your relationship with God. But this verse goes on to say in the Amplified. Be perfect. That is be blameless. Be wholehearted. Be complete. God's calling Abraham to walk before him. Perfect. God's calling us to walk before him. Perfect as well. Because when we side in and endeavor to walk before him. Then we have the blessings and benefits. That he called us to walk in. As children of the living God. He's El Shaddai. He's not El Chippo. The resources in heaven never runs out. Amen. He's got deep pockets. I don't care what your needs are. God's more than enough. God's more than enough. Scripture says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And the old preacher said he owned all the taters under the hills too. Amen. Praise God. So he's got endless resources. So I don't care what your need is. God's bigger. He can take care of it, and he wants to bless us. Praise God. And so he called Abraham. You know Abraham's story. Call him from his own family. Call him from his own kinfolks. Send him into a strange foreign land, and he seemingly wanders around in tents, etc., until he gets to where God wants him to go. And he grows in his relationship and fellowship with God, such that one of the epistles referred to him as the friend of God. Amen? Amen. And and in Galatians it said, we're Abraham's seeds and heirs according to the promise. If we believe God, we're Abraham's seeds and we're heirs according to the promise. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Why? Being made a curse for us because it is written, curse is everyone that hangs on the tree. Why? That the blessings of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles. That's us. If you're a non-Jew, you're Gentile, Right? That the blessings of Abraham will come upon the Gentiles. Why? That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. God wants to fill us up with himself more and more every day. Filled with God. Wall to wall, Holy Ghost. That we walk in, in the blessings and the privileges and the benefits of the kingdom of God. We look so good the world wants some of what we got. That's our opportunity to minister to the world. Because it's the goodness of God that leads folks to repentance. If we as the body of Christ is running around sick and disgusted, broke and can't be trusted, the world doesn't want anything in that because they got enough of that already. But God called us to be that light. Amen? He said, you're the light of the world. Right? The city, uh, the light, you put it up on the bushel so that the world can see it. We are the salt of the earth and the light to the world. He wants us to demonstrate his goodness to the world. And so that's what he did with Abraham. And he blessed him. He said he wanted to make him a blessing, bless his seed, etc. You will see a couple of other verses that refers to what God was calling him to. Look at verse 22. It skips on further. After Abraham and his wife Sarah have been barren for so long, And God promised him that he was going to get a son, and he stood and stood. Of course, him and Sarah went to try to fix it, you know, and that's when they got the Ishmael problem, you know. But God said, no, it's not Ishmael. It's going to be Sarah. And God did a marvelous miracle in Sarah's life, in Sarah's body, in Abraham's life as well. Long story short, they had a son. But over in chapter 22, God tests Abraham. Check him out. Make sure he made up the real deal, right? Verse number 8 in chapter 22, it says, "God told." in fact, chapter 22, starting at, chapter, at verse 1, it says God tested Abraham and told him to take his son, his only son, and um, go sacrifice him on the mountain, Mount Moriah. And uh, if you read that series of verses there, Abraham didn't go tell his wife about it. He didn't go discuss it with his friend. He didn't go discuss it with his son. He got up the next morning and said, hey, let's go. We're going to go worship God. Took his son, took his donkey, took a couple of servants with them, and they went three days' journey to the place that God told them to go. Because, folks, if God tells you to do something, don't go be talking to other people about it, especially not people who have the same kind of faith you have because they're going to be trying to talk you out of the direction and the plans and purposes for God. In your life. So be cautious about who you talk to. About what God tells you to do. Abraham didn't even tell his wife what God had told him. He judged him faithful. God, Abraham judged God faithful. Over in the New Testament, referring back to that incident. It says, Abraham believed God so much that God was able to raise Isaac out of the ashes. He saw himself going all the way through with that sacrifice. Killing his boy, setting him on fire, burning him to ashes, and God raising him up out of the ashes. He, he didn't just pass the test. He blew it out of the water in his level of commitment to God. That's why he's an ideal example for us, the father of faith. But notice what happened here. After they got to where they were supposed to do the sacrifices, a little while off, he left the servants and took his son and put the wood on the young man's head. We don't know exactly how old the young man was. But probably old enough to carry a bundle of wood. So I would guess a young teenager. And um, they started a walk up the mountain. And the young man asked dad, Father, I see the wood. And I see, you know, such and such. But where's the lamb? And that's what you saw on the screen there in verse 8. Where Abraham answered and said, God himself will provide a lamb. And that's another instance where they refer to God as being Jehovah, Jireh. The one who sees ahead and makes provisions. That's the kind of God we have. I don't care what you're going through. God saw it long before. He sees it ahead. He's making provisions for you. He's got your back. I come to tell you tonight he's in your corner. I don't care what that situation is. It may look insurmountable, but our God's bigger. I said our God's bigger. The one that we serve, he got up from the grave. Glory to God. Amen. He didn't even get up by himself. He even raised other people from the dead. That's the God we serve. He's more than enough. He's El Shaddai. Amen. More than enough. And so Abraham spoke faith right here when his boy asked him, Father, I see the stakes, and I see the wood, and I mean, I know what we're going to do, but where's the lamb? And he answered, God himself will provide a lamb. And a lot of times when you're dealing with situations, just grab a hold of the promise of God. You don't have to answer everybody's question. Amen? Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word only. Amen? That's what you need to do. You don't have to go through all the analysis. Brother Darren was talking about paralysis of analysis just now. Sometimes we try to do that. We want to figure it out in our heads. No, that's not it. Faith is not of the head. It's of the heart. I mean, your head can be playing games on you. But when you got rock-solid faith down in the core of your being, that's what you hold on to. You stand. Having done all to stand, stand. Let God be true. And let every man else be a liar. I don't care what the circumstances look like. God said it. I believe it. That's a done deal. It's settled in Jesus' name. It shall come to pass. Should be your attitude all the time. That leads me to Psalm 91, verses 14 through 16. God is talking here. He himself is talking about what he's going to do for an individual who sets their love upon him. El Shaddai is telling us what he's going to do for us if we set our love upon him. I know it seems like I may be preaching to the choir because number one, you're here on a Wednesday night to hear the word of God. But that's good. That demonstrates that you treasure the word of God. It's not about me. It's about the word that I'm sharing with you. It's God's word. It's not my ideas. It's what he said in his book. Amen? When you treasure it and submit yourself to it, the measure and degree to which you humble yourself to the word of God will be the same measure and degree to which you get something out of it.
0: This program was brought to you today by the friends and partners of Cornelius Pratt Ministries. CPM wants to say thank you.